0: Welcome to the Midlife Career Rebel, the podcast created for high-achieving professional women to gain the clarity, confidence, and courage they need to go after and get the life and career they want. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Parker Walsh, lawyer, social scientist, brand strategist, executive coach, entrepreneur, and Midlife Career Rebel. Each week, you'll learn strategies to manage your mind, navigate the challenges of midlife, and take control of your career so you can thrive doing the work you love. So if you're ready to tear up that rule book and create your own, you're in the right place. And I can't wait to show you how. Hey Rebels, how are you doing? Can you believe we're in December? We are in the home stretch of 2021. And I don't know about you, but this year has felt like one of the longest years of my life. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, I got a lot accomplished this year. I mean, a crazy lot. But it just went by so incredibly fast. But it feels like the things that I've done earlier in this year happened one or two years ago. I mean, what about you? I'd love to hear your thoughts on how this year has been for you. Also, if you've been listening and loving this podcast, I would so love it if you would share it with just one friend, one colleague who you think would get a lot out of this. I mean, many of us struggle with the same things and there's so much growth that can come from this information. So share it with someone who you think could use it too. And they don't have to be in the midst of a career pivot, change, or transition to really benefit from the information that I share here. There's a lot of great stuff that can be applicable across a lot of different fields or issues or concerns that anyone may have. So just share it with one person. I would love that. It would get the word out and let us spread the word about the podcast. Now, one of the reasons I've been so productive this year is because I put myself out there more this year than in years before, or at least that's what it feels like to me. And one of the things that happens when you put yourself out there, quote unquote, is that you open yourself up for other other people's criticism and opinions. In other words, you start developing some fans and some haters, and when you think about it, it's a very vulnerable place to be. And actually Brené Brown talks about this in her work on vulnerability. She defines vulnerability as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Isn't that the truth? And that's and she also says it's having the courage to show up when you can't control the outcome. And putting yourself out there is definitely an act of vulnerability. And it's one of those things that we talk a lot about over the Career Rebel Academy. The second phase of our work together is actually called Amplify. And it's about positioning yourself, your voice, and your brand as an authority in your field. But it can be really, really challenging because in a sense, you are putting yourself out there. And it's really challenging for some of my clients because it means opening themselves up to other people's criticism and opinions, something I've experienced even as recent as last week. Now, I love to provide insights, free content and other materials on social media. And last week, I dropped a link to a free checklist with some back to basics on getting your finances together and not living paycheck to paycheck. Now, since my background isn't in finance, all I can do is provide some basic information and practices that have actually helped me go from being an employee to an entrepreneur. Now, a woman I was connected with, but don't know personally, decided to share my post and included a lengthy commentary about it. Now, she started off by saying how she respected me and what I share on social media, But she went on to talk about how basic the post was and that she was shocked that I would dumb myself down and that as a coach, I should know better, right? (laughs) (laughs) Now, she went on to say that she's not that kind of coach and you'll never see her share any kind of basic checklist like that or fail to have quote unquote real conversations online as apparently I was not doing in my post. Now, of course, I had some thoughts about that. (laughs) My first thought was, how could she do this to me? I mean, how rude? Why is she trying to belittle me? And why is she trying to get attention for herself at my expense? And on and on and on. Which made me start to feel super angry and really a little bit hurt. So I started thinking about getting my friends to vouch for me, to go after her, tell her she was wrong, and defend myself against her scandalous accusations. But then I thought about it, and I thought that's probably exactly what she wanted. Maybe she sees me as either a successful coach, a threat to her business, or both, And maybe she saw this as an opportunity to get some attention by, you know, trying to dress me down in order to build herself up. And the truth is, I really don't know what her thoughts or intentions or motivations were behind it. But that's the thing about putting ourselves out there. And as Brene Brown said, it's the courage to show up when you can't control the outcome. And that's the challenge, right? Of course, we want to control what others think and say or feel or do But the truth is we can't control how others think or feel any more than they can control how we think or feel. So we can only be vulnerable. We can only put ourselves out there, confident in ourselves and our reasons for doing so. Now, I could have responded and gone off on her post and trust me, it definitely crossed my mind. And early in my career, that's probably exactly what I would have done. I would have been consumed with her content, pissed at what she had to say, wondering if others felt that way and just hadn't said so yet. I would have started second guessing myself, my judgment, my knowledge. And secretly, I may even have agreed with her at some level and had her comments in my mind every time I tried to make a post in the future in order to maybe try to win her approval. Or I may have just stopped showing up just as much. I mean, it sounds crazy, right? It's crazy when I say it out loud, but honestly, I know me and I know that's probably how I would have reacted because had I not been doing the work, the mindset work that I've been doing over the last few years, it would have just nailed me to the core. And I probably would not have let it it go. Definitely not for a few days. But because of the work, thank God for it, because of this work that I've been doing these last few years, I was able to pull myself together rather quickly by really getting to the heart of the issue and asking myself this simple question, what do you care what she thinks, right? And why do you feel a need to disprove or validate what she thinks? So I spent a moment challenging my thoughts and challenging my brain and getting to the core of like, well, why does it even matter at all? Now, ultimately, I chose to ignore her, block her and allow her and her opinions to remain in obscurity where, frankly, they belonged. But it was a process. And that's what I want to talk about today, which is people pleasing and how to let go and not give two Fs about what other people think of you and what they have to say about you. Now, as a society, we spend a lot of our time worrying and wondering what people will do and think about us, so much so that we may alter our choices and the way that we show up and act in the world in order to get other people's approval, or at least to avoid their criticism or ridicule. I mean, think about it. How much time have you spent thinking, what will they think of me if I make this decision? Or if I wear that outfit? or say yes to this opportunity or no to another? How much time have you spent worrying about saying or writing the wrong thing, so much so that you've decided not to say or write anything at all? I know I've been there. I'll be honest. I have totally been there. We could potentially twist ourselves up into a proverbial knot as we place greater value on other people's opinions over our own. And that's what happened with this post. I put myself out there and that woman had a thought about it and she chose to criticize me for it. But I have a choice too. I can spend time worrying about the one outlier, then stop showing up and spend my time trying to please an audience of one, or I can spend my time focusing on the people who like my post who positively commented on what I had to share or even thanked me for the information. I mean, rather than being our true selves and connecting with the people who resonate with us and support us, we often spend more time worrying about the opinions of our potential haters. People who are the least sympathetic to us don't know us very well and frankly don't really care about us. So we give our time, space, and energy to people that ultimately don't really matter. I see this in my clients who say, well, I don't want to brag about my accomplishments, because I don't want to be seen as arrogant. But really, if you think about it, the only people that may think you're being arrogant are the ones who don't know you that well, or are jealous of you, or frankly, are the haters. The people who love and support you, they will celebrate with you. They will love to hear about your accomplishments. It would encourage them as they go after their accomplishments as well. But we worry so much on the people who really don't matter. And why do we do it? Well, I believe there are three reasons we do it. First, and I've said this before, that we are pack animals by nature. Right, So from primitive time, which is still within our primitive brain, we are more concerned with being accepted by others and being included in the tribe and the village and not want to go against the grain for fear that we'll get put out or we'll be isolated. So because we're communal by nature and we like to be in companies and groups and, and accepted, that we tend to focus on what the people in the group that we wanna be accepted in our thinking and saying so that we can continue to hold that membership as opposed to really defining our own individu- individuality. And that just is part of our primitive brain of not getting put out of the pack because way back then, if we were, we could potentially be eaten by dinosaurs, right? That reality is not true, but it still is in the basis of our brain. We also, the second thing is that we take critiques and criticism personally. We internalize it. And when people say something in comment to something that we've done or said, we take it to mean that means something about us personally. And so we want to avoid that at all costs. So we tend not to put ourselves out there or not try to differentiate ourselves for fear that we'll get that bad, that bad feedback. And the third thing, and this is, really fundamentally I think is an issue, is that as women, we've been conditioned to prioritize others' feelings over our own. Now, people-pleasing is about what we think other people want from us, and our consistent prioritizing that thought over our own wants and needs. Let me just repeat that. People-pleasing is about what we think other people want from us. They want us to act, say, or do. We think this is what they want. And what we do is we consistently prioritize what we think they want over our own wants and needs. For example, you're in a meeting and someone brings up a suggestion that you know will not work and may ultimately cost you more work, but you think. You may come across as negative or not as a team player, so you don't say anything. Now, in that moment, you just prioritize what you think people want from you, which is to stay quiet, over your need to do more work. In essence, we project our own thoughts of doubt, fear, inadequacy, and anxiety onto others and then respond to that projection through our actions, it's like playing tennis by yourself and running from one side of the court to the other, hitting the ball that you yourself put into play. We think someone else threw the ball in, but really we're the one that set the whole thing in motion because we're concerned about what they, what we think other people want from us, right? We're trying to think for them as opposed to thinking for ourselves. And we prioritize what we think they want and try to give them what they want without even knowing if that's true or not. And frankly, why even caring if that's true or not? So we don't prioritize ourselves in that process. And this can often keep us trapped in a cycle of mediocrity and of the status quo, keeping us from going after and attaining what we want. And yes, there is a risk of putting yourself out there. As social psychologists out of USC found that others will tend to quash creative suggestions and even penalize those who raise them, because novelty makes us uncomfortable because it introduces uncertainty. And our brains don't like uncertainty. But vulnerability by its very nature is about uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure, as Brene Brown said. And to get what we want in our lives and careers, we have to learn how to put ourselves out there and be okay with whatever happens with, once we release it and let it go. However, as women... We've been conditioned to sacrifice ourselves for the greater good of everyone else. We often see our own desires as selfish, and we're made to believe that other people's comfort and happiness is more important than our own. And so we undervalue our own experiences and thoughts. We do it to go along, to get along, to not make, not make waves, not to stand out, not to be different. Right. Because, again, going to the first point, we don't want to be ostracized from the herd. And to the second point, we don't we don't want to be critiqued or criticized. And so in addition to the conditioning that we received as women, we have these other overarching factors that are contributing to us wanting to please other people. We're taught to edit ourselves, to value others' opinion over our own. And women at midlife in particular have been socially conditioned not to object to or make men feel uncomfortable. After all, you may have heard this. If you're too bright, you may not get a husband. I mean, that's something I literally heard my mother and aunts tell me, that I couldn't be smarter than the boys in the class. Because, you know, people, they may get intimidated by it and boys won't date smart girls. And women at midlife are taught to be seen and not heard. And that's also a cultural thing. You know, people listening, you may have heard that, that girls are to be seen and not heard. You may have heard children are to be seen and not heard. But if you were a girl, that particularly was something that was said to you. So we're socialized into silence. And what often happens when you are living under this oppressive idea that you should be silent We internalize that messaging, and then we start to perpetuate it, not only against ourselves, but against others. And in many ways, I believe that's exactly what that woman on social media was trying to do to me. She was trying to silence me. And what's so insidious about all of this is that the socialization that women have received around people-pleasing is so deeply ingrained that you don't know you're doing it most of the time. So when we start to feel this uneasiness or a sense of discomfort or awkwardness, we will change course. We will acquiesce what we want and go along with what's going on rather than inserting our own wheel because we don't wanna shake the boat or rock the boat or cause any problems. And when we start feeling uncomfortable to avoid the discomfort, we kind of give in to what's happening around us. But what we have to learn to do is to manage our own thoughts and our own feelings. We have to manage our own idea that we have to escape this discomfort, escape this worry and anxiety, and learn how to sit with it and experience it, and let it be okay that we're experiencing it so that we can still do the things that we want to do, that we can still step into the power that is ours and that we're meant to show in the world. I've worked with women in jobs, careers, and professions that they don't even love and they want to leave. But because of either the fear of what others would say if they left or the disapproval of a parent who actually suggested the career in the first place, they struggle and they stay in that position or career rather than prioritizing what they want. In fact, some women won't even explore the idea of doing something new or different because the discomfort and anxiety they would feel of disappointing others overrides their own desire to have the career and live the life that they want. Now, this also shows up in going along with projects at work, not speaking up in meetings, going to events you don't like, or laughing at rude or insensitive comments, or on and on and on. So what's the way out of this? Well, awareness is always the first step. Like I said, much of this happens when we don't even realize it's going on because it's so deeply ingrained and embedded. So start paying attention to how much you're prioritizing others' preferences and priorities over your own and the self-doubting, uncomfortable, anxiety-provoking thoughts that you're having about what will happen if you do decide to put yourself first. You know, think about if people say things or if people do things or if people make commentary or if they give you feedback that you don't like, think about how much does it really matter what they're saying and why does it matter what they're saying? Ask yourself the question that I had to ask myself about that woman's comment on my post. Why do you care what she thinks, right? So we have to ask ourselves that question. Why do I care what others think? Where is that coming from? And then notice what comes up for you. What do you believe is true about yourself in that moment and why? Right? And the moment I could have thought, well, maybe she's right. And what does that say about what I believe about myself? But what I realized is that not everybody who has an opinion about me is right. (laughs) So... I could have just, which is what I did, assume she's wrong. And whatever reasons or motivations she has, that's up to her. But I choose to believe that what I did was a great thing. What I chose to do was to believe the people who validated that truth and belief that what I did was the right thing. And to go with it and allow my thoughts and feelings to take priority and precedent over trying to please someone who, in the grand scheme, doesn't really matter because what I believe about myself and why is more important. So it was critical to pay attention to your thoughts around all of this. At the foundation, of this is a collection of thoughts you're having that are causing you to have feelings about it and are motivating our actions. So when it comes to people pleasing, there are a variety of thoughts you may have that are bringing up fear, worry, discomfort, and anxiety. And to avoid those feelings, your brain says to prioritize someone else's thoughts over your own because by making them feel better, you'll in turn feel better. But that's not true. The truth is you can't control others' feelings or thoughts no matter what you do. So while you're taking a chance to please them possibly, right, it's just a risk or a chance, what you will 100% guarantee is that you'll never please or satisfy yourself in the process. I mean, how many times have you tried to please someone and it just didn't work out? You know, you do something and they're still salty or disapproving or unsatisfied. And the reason is because you can't please others. You can only please yourself. Only their own thoughts about a situation or circumstance can please them. So they have to learn to do that for themselves as we do it for ourselves. Now, going back to my earlier example, I could have tried to do a million different things to try to please my my little critic here. I could have twisted myself in a knot with fear and anxiety, but would any of it matter? No, because I can't control her thoughts, feelings, or actions, only my own. And since Only our thoughts and feelings can ultimately please us. Why should others' desires and preferences take precedent over our own? So by asking and answering the question, do you care what she thinks? With a resounding no, I was free to continue to own and live my best life. Now you too are entitled to put yourself first and it doesn't mean you're selfish, arrogant, inconsiderate or rude because that's a message that we got, prioritizing ourselves is a selfish thing. On the contrary, you can absolutely prioritize yourself without questioning your character or morality. After all, it's how you choose to think about it. It's not easy and it will take some work Right. Let me be clear about that, because even through this process, I had to do a little work around this. It's human nature to be concerned with other people's opinions. So as I say this, I'm not saying that we should, you know, you're going to automatically ignore what other people are thinking or feeling about you. But while that may be the first instinct, the goal is to move through it and to really ask yourself the deep questions, to examine your thoughts and to make sure that you're prioritizing yourself because our primitive brains don't want to do anything that may, get kick, kick, that may get us kicked out of the tribe or end up isolated or alone. Evolutionary biology has trained your brain to search for danger and to worry about rejection constantly. But just remember, your thought patterns cause your feelings and ultimately your behavior and the actions that you take. This also comes up with my clients when I talk to them about personal branding. Right. And so I just want to talk a little bit about this because a few of my clients have even asked me, well, if I shouldn't care about what others think, why should I worry about developing a powerful brand? Which is a fair and valid question. But what they're wondering truly is, well, why am I trying to convince other people that I'm X, Y, Z or ABC? Now, we'll talk about branding in future podcast episodes, but I want to address this here quickly because it may be a question that even you have. Branding is about putting your authentic self out in the world, your unique promise of value. So it's not about trying to convince others to like you or to present some version of you to the world, because as we've discussed, everybody's not going to have the same opinion or thought, and you can't convince people to have a particular thought or opinion about you. You just can't. Some people may love you and love your brand and what you put out there, and others will absolutely not. But the more you try to create a brand or put yourself out there for the purpose of convincing and pleasing others, the more you become desperate for outside validation and the potential to become, you know, addicted to what they think or what they say, the less authentic you'll be and the less powerful your brand will be. You become addicted to this external validation and you'll constantly morph and twist and turn yourself in a way that fits what they want to see, as opposed to you presenting who you truly are. So that's why it's important not to do it for the purpose of trying to convince people of something, but just to show yourself authentically. Be vulnerable. Present yourself authentically. Release yourself to the world saying, here I am. And this is me, regardless of what you hope or want them to think about you. Now, the idea of branding is to put who you really are out there, and hopefully people will take that in and will revel in it. But not everyone will. Not everyone will get it. And that has to be okay. The more you do this, the more you'll reinforce the belief that others' opinions about you do not matter more than your own. As I said, this work isn't easy. And we can all use a little support. And that's why I created the Career Rebel Academy. But I also created recently a membership program called the Career Rebel Incubator. And in that, we learn how to value yourself and your own opinions over others. That's a core part of the work that we do in the program. And I'd love to teach you how. Now, when you join, you'll immediately get the Rebel Mind Self-Coaching Model, which will help you learn how to manage your thoughts and prioritize yourself. And you can check all of that out at www.carolparkerwalsh.com forward slash The Incubator. So there you have it. There you are, Rebels. That's what I have for you today. I want to thank you for tuning in, and I will see you next week. Until next time, have an amazingly rebellious week. Don't worry about pleasing anyone else and prioritize yourself. Bye. If you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, then you've got to come check out the Career Rubble Academy. It's where you'll get the individual help and support you need applying the concepts and strategies you're learning here and so much more. You'll be joined by a community of other rebels just like you, and I'll be there as your guide every step of the way. If you're genuinely looking to change the course of your life and career, I promise you, this is the place you'll want to be. Just go to www.CarolParkerWalsh.com forward slash career dash rebel dash academy. I can't wait to see you there.